0: It's time for episode 18 of Super High Sci-Fi. We are tantalizingly close to 20, and again with us this week, we have both of our longtime guest contributors. Sam is back out of Carbonite again as of last week, and Justin's back to offer his learned opinion. Thanks. You're welcome. I'm trying to build you up here.
1: Oh, okay. Well... That's These good.
0: people don't know you, so it's, it's a chance to build you know, build yourself into a god.
2: I don't know any of us. What are you talking
0: about? <laughs> well, well, I, I guess I'm saying that Justin hasn't revealed a lot of his personality yet on the show, so you know, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you got to build yourself up into some kind of superhuman god before people get the wrong idea.
1: Okay. That's just good. a thought. Sure, I'll do
0: that. I'm just taking a leaf from Alvron Hubbard while Sam drinks bong <laughs> water, apparently. No, it's
3: a smoothie. It was hot here today. Although now I'm in the midst of a torrential downpour outside my window, so hopefully I don't lose power.
1: Okay, well... hope your smoothie's good.
0: I'll try and squelch that and post then. Sorry. We were wondering what you were doing. It sounded like you were just taking the world's biggest bong hit, but... <laughs> no. All right, Sam. Well, if you're not going to take a bong hit, take a noose hit. Let us know what's been going on.
3: All right, um... Uh bunch of short things this week that uh that happened uh first off if uh any of you remember the great movie that was The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen back in 03
0: yes the movie that ended Sean Connery's career <laughs> <laughs> pretty much
3: um what a movie. Fox, Fox surprise surprise is going to try and uh reboot it but this time they're going to make it into a TV show because oh. I guess that's the cool thing to do these <laughs> days. The
2: League of Mediocre Gentlemen
3: is out. I
0: mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's going to be a rough TV show.
3: Yeah, they 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 they're getting a the guy who, um, John Davis, who produces, I guess, who, who's involved with the Blacklist <laughs> is going to produce the new uh, the new TV show. Uh, so. We'll see. Also, the reports a little confusing because Variety seems to say that they're going to produce a new movie about it, but I, my source, IO9, seems to say that they want to try to do a uh, TV show. So maybe they're still going between the two. But I mean, you know, maybe it will be good. Maybe, probably not. Count on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not. No, um,
0: it could be though. Just. I was serious, so I, that movie did end Sean Connery's acting career, I think, by his own admission. That was when he decided it was, was not good. To, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's time to just retire being a knight. Well, I think it's it's that and the combination of having turned down Lord of the Rings, turned down Gandalf to do Ooh. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's a suicide motivation. <laughs> right. I think, like, he... They were filming or, or something. It was very close. It was like, oh, my movie just came out, and then Lord of the Rings, you know, made a you like know, twenty five billion thousand dollars whatever it made when it came out. And it mm-hmm. was just like, oh fuck. My movie tanked hard and nobody liked it and everybody else liked this other movie and they were gonna give me like one of the big parts in there. Hmm, well better quit acting. <laughs> Ian McKellen's like you mad bro
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah and then Ian McKellen got Magneto too so yeah it's just
2: And he's gonna be Sherlock Holmes. Is he? Yeah.
0: Yeah, an
3: old Sherlock Holmes. Yep.
1: Okay. I didn't know they were making another Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it's supposed to
2: be about when he's uh, much older and kind of semi-retired. But yeah. not really sci-fi, but yeah, interesting. A-
3: apparently the estate is very upset about the movie, is not cool with it. Uh, boo
0: <laughs> So they were cool with the Robert Downey Jr. version? I guess so. <laughs>
3: what the
0: fuck? <laughs> okay, well. Um,
3: next, next little piece of news... Uh, Actually goes goes a little bit more sci-fi. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation's Jonathan Frakes, also known as William T. Riker, uh, he has a little bit of a spin-off. Well, he doesn't really, but... Giant uh, Jan Van Den Hamel, who's done a lot of short Star Trek TNG, like edits, funny things back in the 2000s, he, quote-unquote, came out of retirement... To give us a Riker pilot episode, we never knew we wanted. Um, it's basically there's there's a little link. I'm, I bet we'll we'll tweet it or something later. Um, it has a bunch of various TNG stuff kind of edited together, and <laughs> you, you everyone who's seen the show knows that he was kind of a ladies' man, um, and he, he definitely got in bed with a couple of various aliens. And this kind of sees uh, maybe was unplanned results of one of those seductions. Definitely, definitely worth your watching. It's only, it's not very long at all. I think it's maybe five, ten minutes at most. But uh, very funny. And apparently there's going to be a couple more, so that's definitely something to look out for.
0: I watched uh, uh, it. I know you guys haven't. I thought it was really funny. It was good. Yeah. I think
2: the funniest part is where he's just doing the, the cuts where Riker's looking at Picard for
1: like affirmation or something. Picard's, <laughs> just like, yeah. Picard's just looking at him like, fuck you. No, I was cracking about the edit where he's just like stuffing his face full of like seven different <laughs> foods. Yeah. <laughs> Eating and
0: on shit.
4: I,
3: <laughs> I really hope that at one point they do one devoted to him getting up and out of chairs. Because he, or on, sitting down on chairs. Because so. if you watch that. It was kind of ridiculous the way that Riker or Freaks would sit down every time he, he was. He yeah, almost he goes made it in... the top. Oh, he yeah, goes, yeah. <laughs> it was almost like he was getting ready to do a hurdle race or something every time he uh, <laughs> sat down. It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that's a little thing we'll, we'll probably we can tweet that out later. He's a pro. Um,
0: I would take a Commander Riker series on TV. Oh yeah, feet. yeah. He'd be
3: he'd have a lot of fun, and he he'd mess with a lot of alien ladies while he did it.
0: It's got to be like a CBS HBO partnership, though, because we need to see Commander <laughs> Riker, you know, going through his various motions, walking around the hallway naked, you know, everything that he would do if he were captain.
3: <laughs> That'd be interesting. Um, the next one, also kind of space related, is uh, we can tweet this out too. There was a fan made Predator movie that came out a bit ago. Uh, I believe it's called Predator Dark Ages or just Dark Ages. Really, really good. Would highly recommend it. It's not that long. It's only twenty-seven minutes. Yeah, it's called Predator: Dark Ages. So it looks the fan. Whoever did this, it's fan made, did an amazing job. It, it looks like it could be. It easily could have been a real thing. Honestly, it's. I mean, the acting is you know, not not the best of the best, but it's definitely passable and. I mean, it's just, what more do you want from a Predator movie? It's a Predator hunting people, and it takes place, like, during the Crusades. So a couple of knights get employed to uh, go after this thing, after the Predator. And it's, I don't know, it's it's soldiers, it's Crusaders, so it's not like they're fucking slouches or anything. So it's definitely uh, definitely worth your while.
2: Yeah, I watched it, and I, too, I thought it was a pretty good concept. Uh, like you said, like the acting and stuff, fine, whatever, forget that. <laughs> Yeah. Because it is forgettable. But
1: the whole concept was really cool. I liked that. Yeah, I just... It was it was good overall. It just... I thought it was really funny the first, like, five minutes or so. They try and, like, set up this plot. Like, they, they go to, like, a, a night camp or something like that. And, like, <laughs> yeah. the king's there. It's like, all right, we've got to fight this predator. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, like, the whole setup. It's like, okay, what's your problem, king?
2: This would be a really <laughs> great test bed, though, I think, uh, if, like, some Hollywood execs saw this fan movie and say hey, we'll buy this concept from you and take it and like put a real budget behind it and make it into a real production, I think that would be a really cool you know, way to take the Predator franchise, especially since we already know that the Predators have been hunting people on Earth for years and years, right? Because uh, yep. Danny Glover gets the um, colonial-era uh, pistol given to him by the Predator and the Predator 2, so we know they've been there for hundreds of years doing their thing.
3: It'd be a fun new way to take the series. You start to see their various, like, interactions with humanity when we're more violent to see how humans stack up.
1: Yeah, that'd be actually pretty cool. At least, like, maybe a couple, like, you know, hour-long sort of mini-series type thing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Make a TV show.
1: Well, I just liked it, you you know, I like the sound of it
2: because... You're thinking back to a time when they didn't have guns or anything like that. So you immediately get a whole movie where we're in the situation like Arnold was in the last quarter of the real Predator movie, where he's got nothing except mud and, you know, some (laughs) primitive explosives and a fire to fight Mm -hmm. the Predator with. So then you're going back to a place where that's all people really have to fight the Predator with is, you know, like basically knives and swords.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sure, like,. Is it like a predator code to like actually scale yourself back if you're just hunting them kind of like you don't use like explosives on like these cave people you're trying to hunt? <laughs> I never They got try that to sense. They,
3: they try to keep it equal if like if the person's like ch- I think they have some kind of honor system where it's like if the person is really challenging you it's like all right fine I won't use my gun I'll fight you with like my huge claws that come out or something. I mean in this okay. one he even picks up a sword. Okay. Don't reveal so, too
1: much there.
3: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> I mean, well, He picks up a sword, you know, so you get a cool, a little bit, you get a little bit of a sword fight there with the Predator.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of cool uh, medieval weapons that were sort of being showcased in that too, trying to Yeah, the Predator. So, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend seeing it if you haven't watched it yet.
3: Um. All right, then hopefully, hopefully we get more Predator movies sometime in the near future. I feel like a couple episodes ago we saw a rumor about it here or there, but... Who knows? The last official one left things kind of up in the air.
0: I think oh, Predator is being remade.
2: There is gonna be another Predator movie just you know, because there's money to be made.
0: There will be another yeah. movie. <laughs> but I think there is one. Yeah. Yeah. Well there you go. I think there is one being done. And as I'm thinking I heard a debate about like if it's is the Predator going to be, you know, a guy in a suit? Is it gonna be some kind of crappy CGI creature? Is it going to be a guy in like the Andy Circus outfit? Mm. So I guess they're going to put some money behind this.
2: I'm always a fan of the uh, well shot guy in suit stuff. Oh, yeah. That, mm. That's what I was just saying. Like the yeah. CGI stuff, it just I, never holds up really. Yeah, it always looks fake. Yeah. It, yeah. Especially when they're doing like a really tough action shot and it, they make it all CGI. You can always. Oh, it. yeah.
0: It you looks mean, so terrible. Um, I think there was a threshold there, though, where it was
3: pretty good for a while. Yeah, you got to be careful, though. It's a very fine line. Yeah, and yeah.
2: speaking of CGI, isn't uh, Tron 3? Tron 3 is yeah. canceled.
3: Very sad. Thanks to the shipwreck that I'm sure Tomorrowland already is, uh, Tron 3 was pulled. The, the plug was pulled for it, which, not that the second Tron was that amazing, but... I did love getting that Daft Punk soundtrack, and I bet we would have gotten another one, too.
2: This isn't so sad to me, because, like you, I thought the second Tron movie, Tron Legacy, wasn't that great at all. It was very heavy on the spectacle and very uh, light on the story stuff. And I don't really think that Joseph Kaczynski, the guy they had do that, I don't think he did an awesome job, and he followed it up with an even more forgettable movie, uh, Oblivion. So hmm. I'm, you know, if they're going to restart it at some point with another crew or something or with another story, fine. But the, as is, I'm kind of glad it's not coming.
3: Well, they had that TV show, too, that kind of was supposed to be the in-between, the second and the third. And that made it all of like nine episodes before being taken off the air, too. So I'm not that
0: surprised.
2: Wait, wait, wait.
0: Yeah. Um, that is too bad. I actually really like the second Tron movie. It was, the story was
3: math, but I liked seeing, I like the soundtrack, I liked seeing the um, light cycles, and I loved um, seeing, what's his face? I'm blanking on the actor's name. Jeff um, Bridges. Thank you. I love seeing Jeff Bridges back in that role. He was, he was great, one of the best parts about the movie.
0: See, when Sam doesn't know the name, you gotta feed him Jeff Daniels. <laughs> 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 Jeff Daniels, no. That would have been a hilarious movie.
3: <laughs> I mean, he even he even threw in some lines here and there, like, "Sam, you're me- you're really messing with my Zen thing." Like, you know, he just he was definitely did some uh, Easter eggs to the Big Lebowski here and there, which was awesome.
1: I think that's that's his whole thing now. Like, he is the yeah. dude. He's embraced yeah. that, hasn't he? Yeah, he He's is the Zen master of real life.
0: <laughs> so it's like the dude's been trapped in the computer program for twenty years.
2: Yeah, he actually has a whole service where you can go online and like listen to he has like uh ohm meditation tapes that he's recorded and you can download them to like put <laughs> yourself to sleep or something. Uh yeah, he really lives the life.
3: I wonder if there's a bowling match one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds in an alley. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that would be actually pretty relaxing, I gotta say. Um but uh getting near the end of the news here too, um there was uh, the we've been talking about that series, The Expanse, for a while. Yeah, um, there was some art. We talked about some art last uh, last week for it. It actually just a cool little article is it actually started off as a role playing game. Um, but it, it it was started online on a post to play forum. I think it was on a, it was on Reddit. And, I mean, he did, the guy who started, he would do a whole thing, he'd make a subreddit for each person's turn and everything, and they made, like, the people who were playing, it kind of became the central characters of the story that I think that we're going to see. So, cool little thing, it was on io9 if anyone's curious to read more about it, but it's uh, it's definitely interesting that now it's becoming a TV show.
0: Well, a whole lot of shit gets on TV, but maybe we, yeah. can, uh, we can cast some clear so on that one and... It's all worked out.
3: Uh, and, and the last cool thing is uh, Chinese game developer NetDragon Websoft spent ninety-seven million dollars to make its headquarters look like uh, one of the Star Trek ships. I'm not sure exactly which one this should would look like because when you look at it, the engines are pretty level with the saucer part, but it almost looks like there should be a. It almost looks like they could be below it. And it would be like the, uh, I don't know, I don't know which model that would be considered.
0: It looks like an upside down Voyager to me.
3: It could be, yeah, it could be an upside down Voyager, but it could also be uh, like the original one that we saw in Enterprise a little bit. If those, if the engines are supposed to be like up
0: higher,
1: I think if you spent ninety seven million dollars, you'd figure out which ship you want to look like more so. <laughs> well,
0: I guess they had to accommodate all of the stuff they wanted to put up there, like the little deck on top. Mm. You can't get that with like the perfectly rounded mm. yeah. ship outsides.
3: It's pretty sweet though that someone really wanted to uh really want to go all that way with their game company and be like, no, we're gonna look like a Star Trek shit. It's good for them. Yeah. Glad they took the initiative.
0: A lot of money though.
3: Yeah, seriously. Well, you know, they got they like printed over there, so
0: Oh, over there they do. <laughs> Racist guy. <laughs> No, well, you know what I mean oh, I'm sure you uh, have a lot of black friends, Sam That's really what I <laughs> say next, right?
3: <laughs> um, but that, that about does it for the news this week uh, Quite a few little things Hopefully we see more Predators soon And more Riker
1: Hoping for the Riker
0: Hoping for the Riker, but uh, In previous news, as previous as a week ago we said we were going to do some discussions about all the uh, films in the Alien... I don't want to say franchise, because it's kind of been expanded a little bit, the Alien's universe. Are you jacking off, (laughs) Sam? No, sorry, I was just moving the uh, phone a little bit. (laughs) So here we are, I guess we're going to try out doing our first film discussion about uh, the first Alien film, actually, Alien. So... Justin, take it away. Where you
1: want me to start? Like, how I thought of the movie? Like,
0: yeah. What, what was your reaction to seeing the movie?
1: I was telling Grant earlier that um, I actually had forgotten a lot of the like cheesier aspects, or maybe it just like last time I saw it, I wasn't, I didn't really take in like the crappy special effects that were sometimes present. Like, <laughs> it, it just sort of surprised me. Like, it held up really well until I saw some of the special effects. Yeah. Like the dude's head just like being popped off. It's like, okay. Keep yeah. Better head of the wax museum.
3: I, I, I love the per, the big computer that they have, the mother. With the like all the flashing lights in the control room. Gotta yeah. say that was one that was one of my favorite parts of uh future looking like imagining what the future was gonna be for computers and everything. Which now basically just looks like christmas tree lights like all strung up on the walls or something
1: yeah it's uh it reminded me of that uh that room uh professor x always goes into oh cerebro, cerebro. cerebro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> certainly an interesting uh interesting choice or uh i don't know art direction taken by the uh by the crew there
2: it, it's weird though uh Like, whenever I talk to people about that, they always make fun of that. That, you know, like, the way the computers look and everything. You know, because we are talking, this is what people thought in 1979, computers would look like, you know, 150 years from Mm. then. Right? And they say, oh, it looks so dated and stuff. And it's like, I always take the the opposite side of that. And just that the whole point of the the movie and the characters was that they were like blue-collar workers in space, basically. And so the ship that they had was like basically a, a tugboat like dragging mm. along this giant refinery. Uh, so I'm guessing that the people who made the ship, the Nostromo, they would have built it with like the lowest crappiest compact computers, you know, like, <laughs> like regular Vartex stuff, you know, in that time, like the lowest of the low, like that just gets the job done because that was like the most cost effective thing. So there might be like hyper advanced touchscreen computers and stuff in that era and, you know, but the, they're stuck with this shit because you know the company really doesn't give a crap about what they do as long as they get the ore back, right?
3: <laughs> so that, that is a good way to think about it. Yeah. Although, if you're building with compacts, I feel like the blue screen of death really would be of death in that situation. Well,
2: you're right; they wouldn't have even gotten to LV four two six because uh, like Windows ninety five would have crashed like five times, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it would have sucked the air out of the the, the room or something by accident. <laughs>
3: Thank God, um, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I, I like. I had not realized that, but that is they are supposed to be like blue collar workers, besides the officers. So that that is very very true. I mean, when you look at the ship too, it's rather boxy.
2: Yeah, and I mean, but Justin's right though. Like the one thing that, uh, like I didn't, I forgot it completely, and then it it killed the tension in that one moment when uh, Dallas is in the air shafts trying to find the alien with the flamethrower and he just goes down and he like turns his light and the alien's right there like with his hands on like Ha gotcha (laughs) and and it's like okay so like the alien just waited in the shaft like for the light to come on so he could go Hula Like doesn't seem like something like, you know, a killing machine would do, but <laughs> he's a perfect
1: killing machine. Right. <laughs> gotta wake him to scare. But he likes to surprise people too. <laughs> Taste better, yeah.
2: Surprise. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Jazz hands.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking during that scene. I forgot.
2: Well and then the other part, uh towards the end where um oh god, uh you know what's her name? The the, the lady who cries all the time in the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh Oh yeah. Yeah. I know the short-haired
3: woman? Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I know really. the actors, the actress's name Veronica Cartwright. I can't remember what Lambert. That's the character in the film and the uh uh Yafit Kato's character, uh the black dude in this. <laughs> who is actually really good, but like the part where they get killed by the alien, that's like the first <laughs> time you see the full body shot of the alien and he's like, yeah. oh, "Oh, it's yeah. a guy in a suit." <laughs> <laughs> And like tries to hit him with the with like a steel drum or something like that, and the alien just goes like whoa and like checks him (laughs) and kills him instantly. (laughs) Like elbow checks him off, yeah, yeah. And then his tail like for some reason he decides that he's gonna kill Lambert by like sending his tail like through her legs and up around her back and like getting her in the back of the neck or something when he could have just like punched her in the face right there and killed her. (laughs)
3: It wouldn't have looked as cool, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, it might be a you know the whole well, I guess the alien it's not really a, a hunter, right? It doesn't sort of enjoy hunting; it just kills, right? I yeah. mean, I, I guess I think like it's just a
2: killing machine. That's, okay, uh,
3: it I is thinking, hu- like, it moves. is hunting people that will host for more, you know?
1: Yeah, but if you're trying huggers. to have a host for you know more like What were they like embryos or something like yeah um, the
3: facehuggers yeah little
1: spider thing. Yeah, you'd want to get, you know, killing people as efficiently as you can, not, like, waiting to spook them. He (laughs)
2: was trying to spook them in those parts. (laughs) (laughs) But I get that. That's, like, the whole movie. Like, they sold the movie as a haunted house in space. So I get, like, you know, you're supposed to have lots of twists and turns and shit like a a haunted house movie, but I think they made a really good decision with the cast because they chose a lot of um, older people to be in the cast, whereas you'd expect, like, a bunch of, like, younger looking, like, teen people to be in this movie. You know, the kind of people, when you see this movie, you can't wait for them to die, and you just want to revel in their deaths, like, however bloody they are, but, like, you actually have a connection to these people, because they acted it really well. Like, you know, there's A-list Hollywood people in this movie. Like, Mm -hmm. all of them were, a lot of classically trained people. I mean, Sigourney Weaver, this is her first movie, and she's on (laughs) stage before that. I mean, but she did an incredible job.
3: Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I didn't know she was uh, classically trained. Now you do. (laughs) Yeah. I I guess it shows, though, considering um, she was in all... You know, she continued to do so well and was in the other movies.
0: Yeah. I just like that the characters in this movie think. I like that they are they consider their plans of action instead of just following the script that they found on the floor.
1: Right. <laughs> no, the one thing actually I echoes against that. Like, for the most part, it made sense. Like, you know, they had a plan, whatever. Is it's like, uh, when they go and look for, you know, the recently, like, chest burst or alien that popped out. Yeah. And it felt like a Scooby-Doo sequence. It's like, all right, gang, let's split up. You three this way, us three this way.
0: Yeah, I guess they were just trying to capture it because it was... Little snake kind of moving like linearly, so maybe you get on both sides of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't think they knew it was going to get bigger at that point. Right. No, no, no. no. And, I I get that. And but. I
0: think that it was really cool that they actually took the time to say, like, oh, we can't shoot this because we don't want it to bleed. Right. Because that would go hmm. right, in, right through the hull into outer space, and that would be much worse than having a little alien on your ship.
3: They weren't and, just stupid crew members who just reacted impulsively.
0: Right. They thought about it and solved it with thinking like a good Star Trek mystery.
3: Well, yeah. they I guess. Really
0: solve it. Mm, technically, they're all red shirts, right? Uh, they did pretty well for red shirts. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like... I mean, you, one out of seven. Lot. That fucking shitty episode where the the Ensign the wants to suck Riker's dick because he's from Alaska or whatever. Oh, yeah, but yeah. he's really not. Right. Yeah. He's not he Canadian.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it's, it's good, too, because a lot of other lesser quality shows would Probably have them just like cut them or whatever and not think about the ass going through, and that would just that's how they would advance the story somehow. I appreciate that they didn't just do that in this,
1: yeah. Yeah, that whole scene actually was set up pretty well because I mean, generally, when you see like you know, a similar thing, like as it gets built on, for you see a hole happen, it's like, oh no, like it might go through the hole, but you don't really get that, like. That they ran down to the different levels, you actually like got the sense like, okay, this is actually a serious issue, not just a hole in the floor type thing. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: and I like that too because you got a sense of like uh, the scale
2: of mm-hmm. the ship. Even though they were working, they were working on a pretty big set, but it's a it's still in relative terms a small set. I mean, they only had like a few corridors and stuff, but that scene really made it seem like, oh, this is a huge ship. Mm -hmm. even though it's only the little part that's attached to that giant like refinery thing with the spires on it. I mean, that gave you a sense of that. Wow. There's tons of decks in this thing. This thing could really hide anywhere or, Mm. you know, we can't stop it. Once the acid gets through that and we just better hope it doesn't get like below a certain deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm. (laughs) I, I, I guess one of the big things that I love about uh, Alien 2 is that rather than just be about, you know, the perfect killing machine that they chose to introduce the, what do we call android, robot, what do you want to call the science officer? Since. Since. Uh, since?
2: I think he's, I think think he's a, they is. call him an android. You call him a robot in the movie, but he's really a, an android,
0: ashes. They they have like three different names throughout the all the alien shit. Yeah but yeah, I, I like an Android.
3: All right. I, I like that they in, included an Android in it cause it, it does give a cool out know, comparison where we have the ultimate biological, you know, killing machine in terms of, you know, the alien, but we also have an Android, the perfect, you know, supposed to be kind of the perfect human type thing, but you know, not a human and whatnot. And it is interesting you almost have two different you have three different species on the ship kind of considering you have the human the alien, and the synth all, all or the android all on the ship at the same time yeah uh, so I think that was a cool way that they could really show us how different how this alien can be looked at by different uh different life forms
1: yeah I, I actually thought that little minor inclusion of that was kind of cool as far as like world building because like those blue color guys that were on the ship were able to like you know you know. Jumpstart the guy's head after they already like decapitated. So it's like androids are like common enough in this you know universe at this point in time that you know some blue collar guy just pokes it a couple times. It's like oh it's working again. It's like hanging yeah. on a jukebox or something else. Yeah. <laughs> And
2: the really cool thing about that is if you're watching the movie for the first time, like, who the fuck expected him to be an android, right? Yeah. Like, you you would have never seen that coming, so I just imagine what it would have been like to be a person seeing it for the first time in the theater and just like, oh, shit, they like, (laughs) they knocked his head off. Like What the hell? (laughs) You know, what the fuck just happened?
3: (laughs) And his body's filled with all this white cum as well. Yeah, yeah, well, (laughs) I'm sure they sold that as milk, but... (laughs) Well, actually, Sam,
0: is there a new color you need to tell us about? Nice <laughs> <laughs> uh, New Jersey public water forks for you there. everybody. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: well, I think, uh, OK, going back to, you know, the white chick coming out of his neck, um, I think that may have been like there to be like, oh, he got hit in the head and he started like, you know, have like the white kind of like sweat or blood coming down. It's like that kind of looks like the the alien blood. Mm-hmm. So like it may have just been there like to throw off the the viewer for a little bit or something like that.
2: It's really interesting too how that came about is uh like in the original script, the two writers, uh Shusett and O'Bannon, they they didn't have that in there and then when they actually gave it over to uh the producers of the movie, the producers rewrote that part of the script and they added the Android thing in there and the two writers were like, What the fuck is this? You're like messing with our script and stuff and turned out to be the greatest decision probably that those producers made working on that movie i thought it's just a really cool scene and like you said the world building because we've had great androids throughout that that franchise now because of that inclusion of ash and you know bilbo baggins ian holm played him so well too (laughs) like you can just you, you know he's got something else going on throughout the whole movie but you know, it's. I think it's very good how it's revealed in just small doses how like he's a sleeper agent basically for the company on the ship, and his job is to make sure that they get what they want and like damn everybody else. You yeah, know, he's just really cool. creepy he, it, the way he plays it. Was it that actually opened up the the door? Yeah, when Ripley says, you know, you can't open it up, and he just is like, boop, it opens it up. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if you go
1: back and like think back to the decisions he was making the whole time, it's sort of like, okay, well. Yeah, he was just working to get the alien on the ship, pretty much. Yeah. So,
2: pretty creepy, though, the way he, uh, you know, the way she confronts him in the end. He's just like fucking right next to her in the mother room and stuff. Like, (laughs) whoa. Okay, he can move pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Silently, he's wearing slippers, I guess.
0: (laughs) It's all worth it for his paper mache head. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was, that was oh, with great. the smile,
2: with the fucking weird smile, and then they flamethrower. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's just so funny. Like there were these like cuts. If you notice, like like you know they're messing with the head, like trying to like prop it up. It's like oh paper mache, paper mache, yep. and, and then, then like, it's like real somebody head. like walks by the camera, like an arm passes over the camera. It's like oh there's the head. And yeah, like, and it's, <laughs> it's like sticking true. up through the set and everything. <laughs> yeah, man.
2: it's a cool effect, but you're right. It's like you know the way they they cut it. <laughs> you yeah, you can totally tell. It's like, like it's just
1: a real quick cut. Like either something goes by the screen or they like flip to a Ripley for a second, like, go back to it. It's like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but,
2: I mean, even, you know, they could have done it really cheesily, but they put such a level of attention to detail. Like, you even see, like, the little glass balls and stuff inside his neck and, like, the wiring and shit. I mean, they put mm-hmm. a lot of thought into that. That's the stuff I, I really like in a movie. In a sci-fi mm-hmm. movie, too, you need that. And there's a lot of that don't have that.
3: And it also, of course, gave a lot of, uh, having him in there allowed for a whole lot of other android type beings in both the prequels and the and the actually I don't know were, were there any in the sequels? now I'm thinking about it.
2: Yeah, it's there a, was maybe. like an android in every one of them.
3: There was there <laughs> yeah. were? Yeah. All right. All right, I couldn't remember in the the famous game over man one if there were if there actually was an android or not.
2: Oh yeah, Bishop, yeah. we'll we'll talk about it next week, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um. Uh, we, yeah And the other thing too is I don't, I don't know like the way Ian Holm plays him too like he gets all the little quirks right you notice in like the first part of the movie where he's like going like shh like that like you know working out his kinks or whatever like just getting himself <laughs> revved up for like landing on the planet or whatever <laughs> and then when he, you see that oh he was a robot you know what he was really doing he's like ah just working out like you know the little short circuit or something <laughs>
3: yeah. You, you got to wonder though, how did, I, I guess if we look at the prequels, we can say that's how, but you know, there's the whole, eventually the crew finds that special order 937, which is basically like, basically it was the thing that told them to go to this planet and everything. And the crew is expendable and whatnot, and to gather a specimen and bring it back, you know, how did they know about this planet where the aliens were? They just, like, dig up a really old hard drive from the Prometheus time or something?
2: I mean, I'm hoping we'll find out in Prometheus 2, but... Are we making nah. another one? Yep, they're making another one.
3: Oh, yeah. Okay. And they're going to the home of the
0: engineers in it. They're going to keep making them so you like it, Justin. They're just going to keep <laughs> making new ones until eventually you say, I kind of like it.
1: Hmm. That'll, that'll, that'll happen. Not gonna hold, hold my breath. They're gonna rid- keep rid- trying. <laughs> Ridley's gonna
2: keep making them until he's like, Justin, why won't you like me movie? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll be the last person on Earth who doesn't like him.
1: Oh well, yes, I will be.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, did Robert Orsi write Prometheus? Is that what happened? No, it was Damon Lindelof. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. trying. I was playing. Yeah. Gas the hack in my head.
2: Right, <laughs> you know that's a that's a warning sign. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a warning sign. Um, yeah, I don't know where they would get the information from.
2: I, I mean, I really hope that they <clears throat> give that to us in some way in like the next Prometheus movie or the sequel after that. <coughs> there's going to be one, which there probably will be. Oh, God, just has to be a trilogy now. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am. I that's always like a you know a great mystery to me in the movie. It's like oh how they know about this place and. Just why do they want this thing, right? And mm-hmm. so is it going to be a bioweapon or something? Like, you know, why the hell would you want to bring something like that back? And I, it's a good subplot, right? Yeah. I think that really was this in, movie was instrumental in introducing this idea of like the the evil mega corporation or something as like the, the villain in a movie, which, you know, in the 80s, there's like tons of movies like that. You know, think about like Robocop and stuff, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Which also, of course, had a reboot.
0: Yep.
2: Uh, we shall not talk about that. Yeah, I don't think I saw <laughs> that one. Like,
0: <laughs>
1: not even jokingly, I never even bothered to... Yeah, I saw dumbness. it, but I try to forget about it.
0: Did they make a reboot?
1: Yep. What? No, just just keep
3: on believing that they did. I think that's yeah. the
0: best. I, I didn't hear about any of this. I didn't, I didn't know that.
1: Hey, when's Duke Nukem Forever coming out, Clark? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you know
0: I think it's it's canceled never, it's never coming out oh that's, never that's releasing bad. it
1: that's what I heard i sure it would be pretty good if it came out it I probably wish. would be
0: really good it would be awesome if they would make that just like I heard they made these other three Star Wars movies Ugh. and I'm like where's Mark Hamill he's not in there so
2: he hasn't been born yet yo
3: <laughs> he's just a little uh, twinkle in the force yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested to know from you guys, since we all watched the movie, uh, kind of to get ourselves familiar with it again, because I hadn't seen it in a while. I mean, what was your what was your favorite part? Your least
1: favorite part? I, I enjoyed the whole part when they actually were kind of going down on the planet. Like it, it, it just it, it's. A good start of the movie because, like, you're not expecting anything to jump out at you, but you always feel that tension in the air, like, oh, man, something's going to happen. I'm not sure when, but it feels like it could happen at any point in time on the planet or once they get to the ship and all that. It just it left a good tension in the air. Since I, I hadn't seen this movie in probably, like, more than five years, maybe ten. So, yeah. Jeez. It's a long time. Okay, I have never had a copy of Predator. I just saw or not Predator, Alien. Um, and I I just saw it occasionally on Sci-Fi, like catching it on random reruns or something like that. So,
2: yeah. So, what was your least favorite part then?
1: <laughs> so, at the end of the movie, was the alien just like sleeping in the little compartment? Yeah. in the alcove. Yeah, he was just fucking sleeping in there for whatever reason. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why would he, like, go off to, like, this weird little corner of the ship that's, like, an escape pod and just chill there and sleep? Like, he has a whole fucking refinery to sleep in and he, like, uses this little pod. Just coincidentally. Maybe he
3: he knows the refinery is gonna be blown up. Maybe. I don't think
1: aliens possess, like, that sort of level of, like, Planning, I guess or maybe just instinct
3: they,
2: yeah I think that's what they try to imply though when Ash is telling them like how you know it's like intelligence and stuff is only matched by how like angry and sh- shit it is uh, is that like somehow it instinctively knows that like the ship was going to be blown up or something and it knew like the one place which would be the safest to hide on the ship mm. in that event I know kind of yeah you're you're they're extrapolating a lot right
1: yeah <laughs>
3: You know, it's funny you say that's your um, least favorite moment because I got to say that's, besides the famous one with the, uh, like the machinery, of course, where Ripley kind of pins the, grabs the alien, which is, I love because it's so iconic and everything it's been used in a lot of parodies. But I kind of like that one where the alien was in the alcove just because it's like, oh, you think she's safe and everything? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, fuck, the alien is still there. It's a nice little, like, Subtle jump out moment because it doesn't jump out at her, but it's like, oh fuck, that thing is still here. What? How am I going to get out of this situation? Because she just blew up the whole refinery, so it's like, where can I go now? I can't escape this shit. It was just a setup that the
1: alien was sleeping just on the escape pod, and it hadn't really been set up beforehand that the alien ever sleeps. So just like, yeah, it it felt it was very out of the blue. Like okay, but I mean, after just the setup, I didn't like. But the actual scene of like her trying to get this spacesuit on like silently and you know, open up the hatch was kind of it was a cool scene. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Like if you can suspend
2: the or I mean if you can forgive the lapse in logic yeah in the whole alien sleeping thing, then the scene, the tension really works and you know, you actually find yourself that's how like I find myself in this movie in a lot of sequences, you just kinda slip into it, like you don't realize you're watching it because Mm -hmm. the tension is so good. Like those last 10 minutes before she blows up the ship where she's like running down the corridor back and forth and like trying to turn off the self destruct and, and stuff like you don't know like, Oh, is it going to fucking jump out and like, you know, gash her like, like anywhere.
1: I always thought it was funny when, um, the amount of like steam and all that, that like took place between like, okay, it's like operating normally. It's like, okay, self destruct active, like disable the cooling towers. It's like, we need to put steam everywhere now. Like, yeah, smoke, smoke, smoke. (laughs) We gotta
0: hide the alien.
1: No, I mean, I understand that's why they probably put it in artistically, but like, it's suspensibly something like, oh, things are blowing up, everything's flashing. Like, yeah, okay. I agree. I feel like you're just gonna blow up a ship. It's like, okay, well, you got five minutes. Figure it out. Peace. Yeah, I'm not gonna remind you every three. Well, she had to go back because she forgot the
2: cat, remember? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Turned into a crazy cat lady after the movie. But
2: I guess, you know, that was like the only thing she had to hold on to really at that point, so... Yeah. What about you, Clark?
0: My favorite moment? Um, I like when the alien pops (laughs) out, the chestburster thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... I, I like that moment, but before I had seen Alien originally, I think I saw Spaceballs prior to that. <laughs> <laughs> so just when I saw, you know, the Chess pop out when I first saw Aliens, I was just thinking back to Spaceballs when it, like, starts singing and dancing, like the little frog, the WB frog. <laughs> so... Fucking frog.
3: <laughs> well, I
2: love that. I- Go ahead, Sam.
3: I definitely, actually, it's funny, I before I saw Alien, I definitely saw another parody of it as well. I don't remember what it was from, but I, I also, it wasn't as much of a jump out, because I had seen some other parody of that moment as well, so it was, uh, it wasn't as crazy for me either. Mm-hmm.
2: I, li- I like the scene, though, because of the way they did it, and that it, it worked so well, because the whole cast knew that something was going to come out of his chest, but they didn't know that, like, they were gonna put all these blood packs and stuff in oh, there and really? like shoot out like all this blood and shit. So when that comes out and like everybody gets sprayed with blood and stuff, uh, like their act- their reactions are all genuine and they just captured all that in camera. So they like totally exploited uh, what's her name Veronica Cartwright because she was like fucking crying and like hysterical and all this <laughs> blood all over her face. It's like, that like now it's really how she was reacting. They're like, oh, this is great, getting on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, oh. I mean that's why it worked because you know like they are actually really shocked that like his chest just exploded in all this blood.
0: <laughs> that's some James Cameron shit yeah. right there,
2: right? And it's like manipulating the actors to get what you want out of them. And I think it's brilliant.
0: I just like that whole scene, yeah. For all those reasons, I think it's great.
2: Well, yeah. just uh, John Hurt really played it up very well. Where he's just like <laughs> on the table.
0: <laughs> the scene that I could. I don't really like is uh, the papier-mâché head thing.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> With the smile.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know...
2: You have my sympathies.
0: <laughs> who cares, His you know? just
1: face just melts off like a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a mannequin face or something. <laughs> like.
0: It just wasn't the entertainment value I was expecting for what an asshole he was. Yeah.
3: Uh, I actually, since, since we're close to that scene, um, I say my least favorite in that movie was an alien was, uh, right after the alien pumps out of the chest when he's kind of just like almost looking around at everything and kind of like skirts off down the hole. I, I just, in my mind that looked everything, you know, I, I know this is 1970s and everything, but it just looked the most fake in my mind. Like the alien actually squiggling away did not look that real. It looked like he was being moved very... It very much looked like he was being moved and it did not look natural or organic. And I mean, you know, 1970s technology, what are you going to do? That's just me having high expectations nowadays, but that's the one that kind of brought me out of it the most.
2: Yeah, which one brought you into it the most?
3: Uh, Like I was saying, the... uh, there's the there's there's kind of like two with uh, Ripley, with the um, uh, the like the crate moving machine grabbing the alien, of course, like the iconic scene. But also, really, that
1: uh, wrong movie there, bud. What? Oh, <laughs>
3: you're right. That's not that one. It's the it's <laughs> it's the alcove, the alcove scene where um the alien. Like I was saying before, when Justin said that he didn't like it, but I kind of loved it because. She was done. You thought the alien was done at that point, but all of a sudden the alien, like, re- you see the alien sleeping there and everything. It's like, oh, fuck. He's not getting it. She's not out of there yet, and the whole refinery's already blown up. Oh, wait, you know, wait, like, wait,
0: wait. I got my favorite part wrong. I like the part where Ripley wakes up and she's an alien-human hybrid, and then she <laughs> she swishes a basketball over her shoulder and surprises Ron Perlman. That's, <laughs> that's an alien, right? That's what that's... <laughs> <it's> same <insane> movie. <laughs> But, but yeah, I
3: just love it because there's nowhere else that she can go. She's, like, in the last ship. She's already blown up the refinery. And it's like you can't really blow up your ship to get out at that point. Otherwise, you're fucked. Yeah. So it's her last-ditch effort um, to really get out of the situation alive.
1: I kind of thought it was funny that um, right before that actual part happened, um, it had to show her putting the cat into, like, the, the freeze or, like, locking it in the floor, I forget which it was. But somehow securing the cat, so you know everyone's like, "The yeah, cat's fine, guys. Like, don't worry. <laughs> no animal abuse in this
2: movie." Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh,
3: I guess she doesn't say that that she's the that the cat is a survivor of uh, the Nostromo as well. She's the only one.
0: The I just hate shout. that cat I hate it so much I really like the part in Alien vs. Predator 2 when you are the alien and you have to eat the cat <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. that part a lot
2: although it's funny though in the original script for the movie the cat is listed as a member of the crew <laughs> it's true <laughs> no it's, way now yeah. that would have been cool yeah, if when...
0: the cat were talking the talking cat
2: uh, well you know he does the get just... the one guy killed though the cat like yeah, runs know, into the, yeah. the you know the room with the hanging chains and stuff and uh Harry Dean Stanton, he's killed because he went looking for the fucking cat and the cat wouldn't <laughs> cooperate.
1: No, it was cool. No, the cat actually had like an evil look on its face when it like had like the <laughs> he cat had the was looking up over it. on the cat? He's like, Yeah. Yeah. the <laughs> cat was like a scheming madman, like, yes. yes. <laughs> Finally, actually in another of version asshole. of the
3: script, the cat is the secondary android that is also there to support the science officer, I guess, to get the specimen on board really just it. making that yeah up? no I'm like are you guessing right now like
4: <laughs> maybe they knock his head
2: off too and just watch it around that's the final scene in that script yeah. like he <laughs> has the cat like petting
1: it and
2: it's like <laughs> that I, I agree with you though now you're saying that Justin like the cat did look like it was plotting his death the whole time <laughs> like finally got rid of this asshole in the hat who like keeps touching me <laughs>
0: So, the fucking cat, like I'm saying, fuck that. It's a horrible creature. Why would you want that on your ship?
1: I don't understand that either. Like, okay, like, logistically, you'd have to feed it. Like, you know, somehow deal with the cat, you know, pooping everywhere. Like, it just seems like another... Like, supporting somebody in space, like, maybe the cost of going down so much at this point in time that, like, you're able to have pets in space, but it's, I feel like, pretty expensive to... It's a whole other
3: pod you have to have for the cat to like stay in stasis or was, cryogenic was the cat sleep. Was in stasis at the start of the movie?
2: That's what I wonder. Is the cat just like running just, around all yeah, the, did the whole it time? Did he just around... live on the ship?
1: It's like they had to have cats to like get space rats off there or something like that. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm
0: thinking though that it might have been some kind of inclusion in like the other you know long sailing vessels that are out you know at sea for a long time. You absolutely don't want rats, so they all had a cat on them.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going back to space. Space rats, like.
0: No, I guess it's just like as a, a I don't know, metaphorical a tradition. Yeah, A tradition. Oh. like this is a you know a long cruise ship that's up by itself a lot.
1: It should have its own little cat's eye stasis pod because
0: <laughs> maybe
2: maybe they know how much it sucks being out there for like however long they're out there doing this shitty job. They they have to bring a therapy cat with them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying that facetiously, but... <laughs> well...
1: No, 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 like, okay, so... I've, it is I a long trip. I thought about this, like, when I saw it the other day, I was trying to remember what it was when, um... The first guy that was killed was at Dallas? Who... Oh, who was the first guy who was killed? Uh, Oh, John Hurt, first guy to die. Okay, by right. the actual full-size alien I'm talking about. Oh, the um,
2: um... The guy with the hat, Harry Dean, Stanton... Yeah. Uh, Brett, or whatever's, yeah.
1: Anyway, um... I was trying to remember why, like, they had, like, the the room with the chains in the rain or whatever, but I guess it's from the cooling towers, like, uh, condensing water on them or something for cooling, maybe? Yeah, that's... But, like, I, I thought that was, like, when I first saw it just, you know, the other day, I was like, is that included to, like, simulate, like, some kind of rain so it feels more like earth or something? Like...
2: I think it's probably from the cooling system or it's, like, a water filtration system or something. I don't know. Like, I probably think it's from the cooling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I took it as, like, they, I don't know, that that might have been something I, they did with the cooling system.
1: Yeah, I thought that's kind of what it was like, too. Like, you could go into that room if, like, you needed, like, some kind of, like, if you're from Earth, like, there's rain or something coming down your face. Like, okay, I have that bit of my humanity. I can get on this ship. I just went
0: there trying to collect extra water because maybe the the ship's, you know, included water setup was pretty shitty because it was okay, cheap. Then
1: why were there, like, rusty chains, like? next to them. I don't know, man. Yeah, Maybe I know they it looks like a space. fucking S&M dungeon when they... <laughs>
0: The cat needed to hide somewhere. I think that's why it's in no, the script. No,
2: okay, but, but that's
1: <laughs> the that's the real question, though.
2: Why would the cat go in there? It's all wet. Cats don't like to get wet. Why would it go hide well, in there? Well, okay, it was
1: also running from <laughs> the alien. And, like, why would it run directly into the room that has the alien? Just right, I know. And the
2: cat knows the alien is there, right? Yeah. Because it sees it coming from behind. It doesn't do anything to warn the poor guy. So right? the
0: cat is perfectly okay killing them. Yeah, like I said. Yeah, Maybe I it was He's, just, like, they had the
1: cat android in this script, but it was just sort of, like implied or whatever and like you had to figure it out yourself read between the lines (laughs) i love how much we've gotten into the cat it's like it's actually like a bad end or whatever because like ripley's like petting the cat and the cat's just like "Eh." a bad end yeah a bad end
0: um pray tell what's a bad end justin
1: okay well i have to explain maybe what visual novels are (laughs) go for it so they're just like choose your own adventure um okay Stay inside there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
3: You guys heard that? Yeah, that was fucking crazy.
1: So visual novels are basically like choose-your-own-adventure type stories, but instead of really having – there's like some visual novels that you have like different paths you can go on to like a choose-your-adventure, but it's – when you choose a path that you shouldn't do and it ends up with you dead, that's a bad end. So, yeah. A dead end, some might say. yeah. that would be another time, I guess, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so like she chose her own adventure, and she stayed with the cat, and that was the bad end because the cat's gonna get
1: her, yeah, the cat's gonna <laughs> turn her in.
0: <laughs> did she not find enough secret tokens or something during the like the story or whatever?
1: No, she put the cat in stasis. that was her bad oh. choice. It was like you know, put the cat in stasis or let it run free, turn to page ninety two or turn to page. <coughs> Oh, no. oh, also right. why after they find the cat
2: you know after uh brett gets killed mm-hmm. then she has to go looking for the cat again later in the movie why did they not just secure the cat at that <laughs> time and, like put it in the fucking carrier and say well, like stay they, there they didn't
1: plan at that point in time that they were gonna you know self-destruct the sh- ship or whatever and
2: right but they knew like the alien was just running around and shit so why why you know i think uh what's his name uh parker the uh, he even says like oh why'd you let the cat go now it's gonna show up on our motion scanner thing it's like I'll bet the cat did show up like twenty times in their little motion tracker thing and it fucked them screwed them up you know? <laughs> well <that'd be> a <laughs> the aliens
0: coming era. no it's just why'd the
2: cat you... ah, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that starts to turn into an old scare if you know there's, like fourteen times they find the cat and it pops out again and runs away <laughs> yeah
2: yeah that that would be a Scooby Doo thing for real. <laughs> But I mean, that's, that's the thing though, to me about this movie is that it it does take a really long time to get going. Mm -hmm. Like they wake up, they hang out, they're eating, then they go to the planet, then you're not sure what they're going to find on the planet. Then you get the first scare with the thing coming out of the Mm -hmm. egg. And then immediately we're back down to, oh, we're doing an analysis on the thing and stuff. And the movie really doesn't even really
1: get going until like an hour in.
2: That's the only... Well,
1: I mean, it's a lot, it's a alien was like it's a slow was burn. introducing like all these like points of you know oh these are normal people oh like there's you know some aliens and you know people want to make contact with those aliens and whatnot so like it takes time to build that up especially in a new universe and then to introduce the you know the alien little by little so it's not like you know you see the whole guy in the suit like from the start cuz then you lose some of that like oh my god what's out there is it big is it small like yeah i
2: you're right. I think my, my point is you, this is a movie that I think a lot of people just don't like in comparison to Aliens because, and this is the irony of it, is that they both kind of take like an hour to get things going. Yeah. But for some reason, people just connect more with the way it's done in Aliens, and you have to be really patient in this movie for it to, to pay off. And it does pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Best part to me is just the design of the whole movie because it could have gone, it could have been a B movie very easily. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. other 70s and 60s monster movies and stuff. But, you know, they got a really, really good concept designer for all the ship stuff, mm-hmm. Ron Cobb, and who made it look really detailed and awesome. And then they got uh, Giger to do the creature stuff. And who cannot say that his designs are like
1: crazy? Yeah. I mean, the alien would have looked stupid if he hadn't have done it. Yeah, no, I really actually like the the set designs for the ships. Like it sort of felt like it was like, you know, that industrial kind of future sort of design did really well.
2: Yeah, I like their philosophy they went on with that that's just like we got to make it as detailed as possible so that there's nothing keeping people from getting engaged with the story, like just to make it seem as realistic as possible to be mm-hmm. in there. I think that's great. It's probably an expensive strategy, but you know, it's it's a pretty good one. Just like the studio wanted to take out the scene with the guy in the chair, the uh, the space jockey.
1: Oh, just like Why? directing the whole like mission to the the S O S warning signal, whatever.
2: Oh yeah, they, like the big skeleton guy in the chair. Yeah, they just wanted to take that whole thing out because they thought the set was too expensive, and it's oh, just that. you know Ridley like fucking fought them on that to you know the very end, and you know they they said okay fine do it, and you know it turned out to be that's really essential to like building up the. The tension and all that, and that. Mm-hmm. I was like, and of course, we would have never gotten Prometheus without that, right? <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. What a great movie! Yeah, I can't, I can't huh. wait to talk about that one.
3: Oh my god. That will be that'll be an interesting one to uh revisit, certainly.
2: But back to the cat. <laughs> oh my <I> mean. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I would really love to see something come out saying that the cat was really supposed to be, like, a secondary android, and that was going to be, like, a a little fuck you that they would have had at the end, but then they decide to nix it at the last minute.
2: Yeah, so back to the cat.
0: Back to the cat. The
2: fucking cat. I mean, like, do you think that, like, he was running around the ship the whole time, and, like, the alien was tracking the cat, and the cat was leading the alien around, and, like, just wherever the alien kills somebody, the cat's, like, been there or something, and, <laughs> and he's just, like, confusing people and getting the... Like, when Dallas is in the air shaft, do you think the cat was also in there, too? <laughs> leading the the alien? Or, like, just sending Dallas in the wrong direction, sending <laughs> him towards the alien or something. <laughs> It's possible like rubbing his little paws together <laughs> 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 nefariously.
0: It's so fucking nothing ends well when you're around the cat in this movie. It's, it's too just, bad we didn't get a
3: scene of the uh, science officer stroking the cat laughing maniacally. Oh yeah, but. yeah. He's
2: like Blofeld the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Science Officer Blofeld. See <laughs> so uh,
0: now I'm thinking this movie would be better if it was david or Data <laughs> David Data and Spot.
2: like spots just leading everybody to their deaths or whatever yeah like data's like no spot (laughs) (laughs) i'm happy you're alive spot
0: (laughs) that would be awesome
2: okay so so like i i guess the what comes down to from for me is just like you know why is this movie good sci-fi like what is that's the question i'm i'm posing
0: I think because it has attention to detail and it takes its time doing story building and world building instead of just, you know, Inception noise here, aliens.
1: Yeah, that's what I really think makes a good sci-fi is that you make the world believable and maintain some elements of technology that just is like, okay, well... Because of all the other stuff you talk about, like Androids and you know things like that, it's like it's believable that there's like a computer system that you can ask, like you know, a question. What are my chances? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if I tap into Google right now? What it'll I say? Know. <laughs> Actually,
2: they probably get that. They're probably in on something like that, and it will take you to like the alien Wikipedia page or something. <laughs> yeah, try it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, all, all the things you guys said, definitely attention to detail. Mm-hmm. I love that we have some space opera stuff going on, but I also love that uh, Justin kind of brought it up before when I was um, ragging on the mother computer system is that this isn't like top of the line people or anything or like, you know, top of the field company or whatever. This is like blue collar people, normal people. And this is like almost like a day in the life of someone in the future doing some kind of menial job, but we can still have science fiction-y stuff happen to them. So that way it almost makes the audience, an audience member, maybe more able to relate to these people because it's not like they're rocket scientists or anything. I mean, they're still, I guess, much smarter because they can operate all this stuff and they can bring the papier-mâché head back to life. But they, they're still, you know, they're supposed to be more relatable, and I think they are a bit more relatable because they have this kind of menial job. Yeah,
2: I I agree with that. And I think the the world-building stuff is really... I think that's what sells the movie for me, like, the design of that. And, um, you know, just the previous movies in that decade and the 60s and 50s of sci-fi, like, are mostly characterized by, like, having this kind of pristine, almost antiseptic environment. You know, everybody has, like, a nice shiny suit or something like that, or a uniform. And, you know... Alien presented a really different vision of that, where, like, the future is very, very grimy and, you know, nasty engine oil, dirt and stuff, and that was really unique at the time, and I think it still shows through because of, like, the attention to detail that the designers and Ridley Scott put into it, and also just the alien creature, too. Like, I think they did a really good job at introducing, you know, a pretty... Nasty creature that nobody had really seen anything quite like that. Yeah, at the time, and that's why it became iconic and you
1: know stayed in stayed in your head. So, so I was just thinking. Um, I know Ridley Scott did Blade Runner as well, and it's had this sort of sort of like gritty kind of future uh, feel. I was trying to remember which one came first. And I, was, I was trying to think of any other ones that actually had that sort of grimy future at that point in time.
2: So. I think uh, Alien was first, and then like Blade Runner was in '82. But yeah, they had the kind of grimy, more realistic future. Um, That's kind of depressing if you say that's the realistic future. (laughs) Well, just that you know, like I don't expect the future to be like everything is like made by Apple, you know, (laughs) know? Uh, like JJ Trek. (laughs) Um, But I'm trying to think now. That's a really good question. Like, what other Movies kind of portray that Mm -hmm. kind of uh, dirty future. Brazil, but that was much later. Yeah. You you know, the one thing that comes to my mind, but I know it was like almost 15 years later, was like uh, that really fucked up anime movie, uh, Akira. You remember that? (laughs) No, I I saw Akira. Yeah. Um, Like the look of that movie kind of made me feel like Blade Runner Mm -hmm. and Alien a little bit. But that was like so much later. Too. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, like contemporary.
3: The one that it's it's definitely later in my mind. It, it wasn't as grimy, but it was certainly like dark. Um, Gattaca. A little bit. I know. I know it wasn't like trash in the streets and shit, but it was certainly like dark and like oh man. Like I mean, because I mean, you know, with the situation with people being modified and everything, in designer babies, and the rest of the people being shit out of luck.
2: Gattaca. When that comes to my mind, I think sepia tone. Like the whole movie looks like is a sepia tone photograph.
3: You know, like the way Mm -hmm. they shot it. It really does. Yeah. I guess. Trying to think of another one. Then.
2: I mean, they have. There's like a lot of those '80s, um, like space movies and stuff. Like we talked about uh, Outland. A couple weeks ago. I think it was, yeah, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, like, the the design in that movie is really gritty. Like, they're on this, like, Jupiter-Moon colony for mining. And that looks pretty crappy, mm-hmm. you know? But I think, yeah, Aliens... I think that's probably why it stuck. Just, like, the way they made everything was pretty unique. Just, like, even, like, the way the doors yeah. were and the way they opened and the noises they made and stuff like that. I mean, that was all, like, the... I mean, I just can't give enough credit to these people. I mean, there's people on who worked on this movie who worked on Star Wars and like had to leave Alien to go work on Empire Strikes Back. Like imagine putting that in your resume. Like, ah, sorry, Ridley, I gotta go. I gotta go work on like the Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No big deal.
0: (laughs) Yep. All good until Joss Whedon got his hands on it
2: we will talk about that in in much detail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Josh Sweden and Ron Perlman team up to <laughs> give you like a cheesy one-liner
0: fest. Yeah, you may think he's a a god now but uh, he, he sure fucked up at least once.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I know we'll talk about this more, but I just had to bring it up, like, apparently the director on that movie didn't speak English, like, he gave all his directions in French, like, nobody understood what the fuck he was telling them to
0: do. Oh my god. That's perfect. He's got the overly witty script combined with the director who can't really talk to the cast. Yeah. That explains everything.
2: (laughs) So back to the cat. Back to the cat.
3: (laughs) It's going to be the cat episode.
2: No, I was just thinking, too, like I'm surprised that the makers of Alien have never been sued really seriously by um, like any other sci-fi writers or, or movie producers because this movie, they pretty much admit that they, they ripped off like several or were inspired by several plot elements from older movies like, uh, or books. Like I think they took like a whole section of the story from um, The Voyage of the Space Beagle and if you've ever read that book i mean it's it's very boring and badly written but uh like there's <laughs> a species in the in the book that like breeds inside like humans and like eats their way out and stuff and you know that seemed very like aliens and they mentioned that like their planet of the vampires or something was their inspiration for a lot of the like the big dead skeleton guy in the chair scene and mm-hmm. so i guess they just did it in a really unique way so as not to I guess that's the trick, you know. Every story's been told. You just have to tell it differently.
0: Wait a minute, though. The big skeleton guy in the chair was planned ahead of time. He was a engineer, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> or is it? You know, the Dr. Elizabeth Shaw character is she the is she the guy in the chair? Because remember, we found out they're just suits, really. Hmm. Yeah. Is that what's going to happen? Hmm. I don't know. We'll talk about Prometheus, too. That, Whatever uh, was going to happen, it's yeah.
0: it's all been planned ahead of time. That's the story. Yeah. <laughs> all, this was all planned back all in the 70s. Right. Like, totally.
2: give the George Lucas excuse, like, oh, yeah, I planned everything out, you know, like nine movies and stuff. It's like, no, you you can't tell me you planned out that crap that you put in, like,
3: episode two and one. And that'd be pretty sad if that's what you planned out. Yes.
0: Well, especially when somebody else delivers you a, a really complete backstory on a silver platter. All the the licensed novels. I'm saying, if you take like, well, you take Shad- Shadows of the Empire, and you put it together with the like the Thrawn trilogy, Timothy Zahn does a great job of explaining how that would have gone, Old Republic to the Empire.
2: Oh yeah yeah oh with like the smarty cloning cylinders and right the like explaining the Clone Wars
0: shit. is yeah <coughs> there was a bunch of crazy rebels who cloned a bunch of clones to attack the galaxy and that was a big to do versus clones fought identical robots for bug people like <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay guys so i it looks like we we've talked about everything that we can talk about with alien without getting into like the really really you know behind the scenes stuff which you know if anybody's interested in that just watch the the featurettes on the dvds cuz they're they're awesome as is. We don't need to rehash them because we can't do a better job of telling you guys that stuff. But uh, verdict, final verdict from everybody on Alien.
1: I give it an I give it an A. For me. No, I mean it was good. I would. Are we doing lettering or are we? No, doing you like can do whatever you want. Numbers Even, out of ten. Like, you know, three <laughs> twelve. Bottles, three <laughs> bottles of yak piss. Do it. Do a <laughs> do Number out of ten, Justin. All right, I give it like. uh like eleven out of twelve. <laughs> <laughs> what did you deduct points for? <laughs> well, then I just give it a one, and I would reduce the fraction. Uh. <laughs> no, I mean it. It was good. I I really liked this movie, and going back to it after not seeing it for so long was really enjoyable for me. So out of twelve, I don't know. Oh, you can do whatever out of number you want.
0: I just <laughs> give it twelve. I would give it a nine out of ten. Because okay. you don't give 10 out of 10. <laughs> uh, so, like every teacher in high school. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. The, so I, I guess if I were doing a review of this movie.
2: <laughs> well, you just did a review of the movie. What was the last fucking 45 minutes? It was about the cat. <laughs> this, oh, is, yeah. this is all for Justin's
0: <laughs> benefit. This oh,
2: okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so doing a review, you don't give 10 out of 10. So nine out of ten, I like it, but there are just a couple of like the, I don't know, fuzzy logic portions or really shitty special effects. When you did so well elsewhere, it was just I feel justified taking a point off. Mm-hmm. Still like the movie. Still think you should see it. But oh yeah,
3: it's a classic.
0: There are areas where they certainly improved in Aliens.
3: Yeah, I'd actually have to, Clark, Clark, you said most of probably what I I was thinking. I was going to give it a 9 out of 10 too, but there was just a couple times when the alien just, I mean, maybe it's because, you know, we are in the, the 21st century and we're so used to such big, great things at this point that I'm probably a little jaded now, but there's some parts just where the alien doesn't look as real. Well, you know, I say that real, like in quotation marks, I guess, um, That just kind of take you out and make you realize, oh, it's not that scary. It's not that crazy. But I mean, it's a great film and, you know, one of the best entries into sci-fi and worrying about aliens that you could have out there.
1: Yeah.
3: So
2: that's it, I guess. If you haven't seen it, see it. If you don't like it, what the hell is wrong with you?
3: It's for sci-fi lovers, movie lovers, and cat people.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it started the whole (laughs) alien franchise, so... It's a great
0: film to watch with your cat, I think, is our conclusion. (laughs) Yep. So I think it's Aliens next week then. Yep. Certainly. Which is good.
2: We'll have a lot to say. A lot to say there. (laughs)
0: Um, Definitely.
2: I don't know. Will we have more to say about uh, Aliens or Alien 3?
0: (laughs) Oof. Probably Alien 3. Yeah.
2: You know, sadly I don't think we probably will have more to say, but I think aliens will be a really great discussion.
0: I think aliens would be a much more constructive discussion than Aliens Three.
1: <laughs> so I've never seen Aliens Three, but maybe well I'm being forced to, so uh
0: Yeah, so go ahead and get yourself ready on that one. Great, really um, enjoy yourself there. Yeah. <laughs> uh Watch Sam, that one high. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Justin, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, anytime.
0: Myself, thank you. Grant, thanks. You're welcome. Well, Sam, you you just made it weird. (laughs) So we're going to have to end the podcast before it gets any weirder. All right. We'll be back next week to discuss aliens.